just to give some, some background, the Lord Jesus has been arrested. He has been tried by the religious leaders. He is now being tried by Pontius Pilate. John doesn't record the trial before Herod. Remember, there were three trials. He went to Pontius Pilate. Pilate sent him to Herod. Herod sent him back to Pilate. Uh, John just records the trials uh, before, Herod, uh, before Pilate. So the religious leaders, they are, they're ready to be done with Jesus, the Jewish religious leaders. They're tired of what they consider to be his nonsense. They want to go back to business as usual. You know, things were great for them before Jesus came along. They, they got to say what happened. You know, they got to say when it happened. They decided what is right. They decided what's wrong. They made the rules. They decided what God accepts. They decided what God rejects. Then along came Jesus. And He began to confront them. He uh, confronted them because of how they treated people. He confronted them on what they required of the people. He began to confront them because they showed no grace to the people. And the people followed Jesus. At least some of them did. So the leaders decided they needed to get rid of him. And they had been unsuccessful to this point. And anger and hatred had surged through their veins and until they got to this day, this day that we're looking at. Now, you know, at this point, they have him where they want him. They've, they've arrested him. They found him, uh, you know, they found untruthful witnesses to testify against him. They, they want to get this whole matter taken care of because the Passover's coming. Before the meal takes place, they want to they get this taken care of. And so they take Jesus to Pilate. Expecting Pilate to quickly convict Jesus and sentence him to death. And so that's where we find ourselves this morning. And as I said, I'm going to begin with John 18.38. And I'm going to read down to chapter 19, verse 16, just to get the full context of, of what's happening. Pilate said to him, Pilate said to Jesus, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to, him, uh, said to them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I released for you at the Passover, uh, one person. Do you wish then that I release for you the king of the Jews? So they cried out again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Chapter 19, Pilate then took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and put a purple robe on him, and they began to come up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and to give him slaps in the face. Pilate came out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. Jesus then came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. So when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out saying, Crucify, crucify. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, 
And by that law, he ought to die because he made himself out to be the son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. And he entered into the praetorium again and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, you do not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and I have authority to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. For this reason, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. As a result of this, Pilate made efforts to release him, but the Jews cried out saying, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. Therefore, when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now, it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. So they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he then handed him over to them to be crucified. Heavenly Father, as we come to this passage, Lord, what a strong statement by Pilate. I find no guilt in him. What a condemning statement by Pilate of his of the condition of his soul to behold the man Jesus is so much more than a man he is the God man he is God in flesh he is the savior of the world he is the only one through whom salvation comes it is only through trusting in his finished work on the cross as the full payment for our sin, that we can have salvation, that we can have forgiveness of our sin, that we can spend eternity with God in heaven. Lord, what a what a convicting passage of the, the heart of sin-filled men. What a glorious passage of the the heart of the Savior going to the cross willingly for us. Lord, we just thank you for that and praise you. Amen. So again, they've they've brought Jesus in front of Pilate. They're hoping for a quick death sentence so they can be rid of him the passover's coming and you know they don't want this this little ugly incident to to uh, mar the the passover you know, Pilate is a coward and a fool uh, and you can you can see that in this passage he just seems to be instigating the jews by calling jesus the king of the jews even though that's exactly who jesus is he is the King of kings and, and Lord of lords. Pilate says, I find no guilt in this man. 
multiple times. I find no guilt in this man. It's, it's why I started in chapter 18. I, I wanted that context of what's happening here. 1838, Pilate says, I find no guilt in him. And he seemingly tries to get Jesus released by reminding them that you know it's a custom that he releases one prisoner at the Passover. And they say, nope, give us Barabbas. But he says, I find no guilt in him. And then he sends Jesus to be scourged. If he found no guilt in him, why not let him go? You know, uh, scourging is not, or scourging is not like a paddling from the principal when you were in elementary school. Uh, you know, there was a time when that paddle hanging from that leather strap, hanging from a nail, behind the principal's desk, struck fear into all who saw it. Especially if it had, na uh, had holes drilled through it, right? Because then it would go faster. But, but this is nothing like that. Uh, scourging was brutal. A person would be stripped of their outer clothing to expose their back and legs. Then they would be tied to a post in a way that, that they, were, they were bent over this post, which would, would expose their back even more. Then they were whipped with the, the scourge or the, the, the flagellum. This, this consisted of a handle, and it would have two or three leather leather straps attached to it. And on these leather straps, you would have bits of, of metal or bone that would be jagged. And they would weigh those leather straps down and they would, when you were struck with that leather strap, it would just dig in. You have to remember, Rome had perfected the art of capital punishment. They were, they were quite cruel in how they punished criminals. They, they wanted to make an example out of everyone who committed a crime, and, and they did a good job of it. So when they would scourge someone, it was brutal. If you can imagine this whip with these, these cast or these bronze or iron bits sewn into it, they would just let loose. These steel pieces would, would dig into the back and, and just tear, just tear at the meat and the muscle. And, and it wasn't, was not unusual for them to break ribs, to, to puncture the kidneys, to puncture the lungs, to, to uh, pull bone fragments out. These, these pieces would, would just grab the broken bones and, and pull them clean out. And it was so brutal that, that oftentimes the person wouldn't even survive the scourging. Either due to the blood loss or, or due to just the, the damage inflicted to the body. So for Pilate to say, I find no guilt in him and then send him to be scourged is just, it's ridiculous. It would be like saying you're innocent, but I'm going to stick you in the electric chair for a little while. Jesus would never be the same after the scourging. If, if Pilate found no guilt in him, he should have just released him. But he scourges him, and they, they put a purple robe on Jesus, and they make this, 
crown of thorns and they stick it on his head and and Jesus is marched out in front of the crowd wearing this mocking outfit and Pilate says behold the man in in John 18 Pilate offered to free Jesus and the religious leaders say not this man See, Jesus is not just a man, but that's all they saw. They saw Him as only a man, but He's much more. He is, he's God in flesh. He's God the Son. He's the Savior of the world. They, but they see Him only as a man. Even today we hear people say, well, you know, Jesus, He was just a good teacher. Uh, Jesus, he was, a, he was a good example. Jesus was what we should strive to be, but that's it. Even in church congregations throughout this nation, people see Jesus as a man, but scoff at the idea of Him as God. Uh, this, this week while I was working, I was listening to a question and, answer conference, uh, question and answer session from a conference, and a pastor stood up and he asked this question. He was wondering what he should do to get Christians in his church who don't believe that Jesus is God to believe that Jesus is God. You know, how, how to get Christians who don't believe in the deity of Christ to believe He is God? How to, how to get Christians, you know, what do you do with Christians who look at Jesus and say, Behold the man? My first thought was we first need to define what a Christian is. You know, can, can you truly be a Christian if you don't believe that Jesus is God? I, personally, I would I would say no. I think we're we're way too quick to proclaim someone a Christian just because they go to a church service or say they are. So there are so many, even in the church, who look at Jesus and say, "Behold the man." They leave out the God part. You know, so many uh, churches say, "Behold the man," and leave out the fact that he is the God Man. Yes, he is a man, but he is God. He's 100% man, he's 100% God. He is both. You know, there's a fancy theological term for this. It's, it's called the hypostatic union. And it says that there is a union in the humanity and the divinity of Christ. And it's, that happens within his one being. And it's because of this unity that he's able to identify with us as people. He's, he's been tempted as we have, yet without sin. He, he died as a man in the place of sinners under the full weight of the sin of all who will trust in Him. And because He is God, He was able to withstand the infinite, eternal punishment for those sins. And because He is God, He, he was able to fully pay that sin debt to God so that all who through faith trust in Him as Savior will be forgiven of their sins. They are justified through the death of Christ on the cross. Their, their sins have been atoned for. They, they must not just behold the man. They must behold the God-man. You know, Pilate didn't do that. The religious leaders didn't do that. So many people today don't do that. So many... you know congregations don't do that and this is revelations 320 this is what jesus is talking about he says behold i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come in and eat with them and they with me 
You know, this, this isn't an altar call. This is Jesus standing at the door of a church that says, uh, at the door of a building that says church over the front door. And he's saying, you've locked me out. You know, he's saying, you call this a church. You, you say you're following me, but you've locked me out. The Lord of the church. The, the people in the church read about Jesus and they say, behold the man. But he is God. Will, will we treat him as such? Will we say, behold the man? Or will we say, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? Behold the, the Son of God who is one with God the Father. Behold the Son of God who went back to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper. Behold the Lord Jesus Christ who is the Savior of the world. You know, Pilate scourged Jesus. I believe he was trying to make an example of him. I think he saw through the religious leaders, but he was such a coward that he was terrified of what they could do to him. Terrified of the trouble they could make for him. He thought after he scourged Jesus, they would be satisfied. Seeing, seeing Jesus after that beating must have been shocking. You know, he, he must have thought, surely, they're going to be satisfied with this. But they weren't. They wanted him dead. So Pilate basically says, look, you want him dead, go crucify him yourself. And again, Pilate says, I find no guilt in him. And the Bible tells us that their reply caused Pilate to be even more afraid. And the, uh, you know, I, I find that interesting. It, it tells me he was already afraid of Jesus. We know Pilate's wife came to him and said, Look, I had this dream. You know, don't mess with this guy. Pilate was already scared, and the, the Jews say he must die because he broke our law by saying he is the Son of God. They have accused and convicted him of blasphemy. And just a quick side note. They want him dead because he said he is the Son of God. That's their testimony. So if you ever have someone tell you that nobody ever thought Jesus was the Son of God, or that Jesus never claimed to be the Son of God, right here, they want him dead because he said he was the Son of God. That's pretty good, pretty clear proof. But look, if, if Jesus were just a man, if, if we were to follow what Pilate said and behold the man... Let's just say, oh, we just, we just see him as a good man. Jesus would not be a good man to behold if he were not the God-man. He would not be a good man to behold if he were only a man. Why not? Because he claimed to be the Son of God. He claimed to be one with God. He claimed to be in unity with God. If he were just a man, then he would be a crazed liar who claimed to be equal with God. No good man would ever do that. That would make him a very bad man, but since it's true, since he is God, he is the greatest man who ever walked the earth. But the Jews had convicted him of blasphemy, and so they say, he has to die because he said he is the Son of God, and our law says he has to die. You know, he's not the, son of man, uh, not the Son of God, he is just a man. So Pilate, being the coward he is, and now being even more afraid after hearing this, calls for another one-on-one -on -one meeting with Jesus. 
you know, he's trying to figure out what's going on. He asked Jesus, you know, where, where are you from? Jesus stays silent. Well, of course, a cowardly, proud man like Pilate isn't going to take too kindly to that. So he says, you know, I, you may not know this, but I give the orders around here. You know, and guess what? I say if you get crucified and I say if you get released. And that statement by Pilate would almost be laughable if it were not for the situation. Pilate just keeps saying, I don't find any guilt in him. I don't find any guilt in him. I don't find any guilt in him. And the Jews say, eh, tough. We want him dead. And Pilate caves. And then here, Pilate actually has the nerve to say, you know, I have the power. And, and Jesus puts him in, the place, in his place. Pilate, you got nothing. You don't have any authority to do anything that God does not allow you to do. So Pilate tries to release Jesus once again. He just wants to get rid of this guy and move on, but the Jews won't let him. And they say, look, if you release him, you're no friend of Caesar. And Pilate asks them, well, you know, do you want me to crucify your king? And their response, and you know, we could spend a lot of time just on their response and put it into today's society, but their response, we have no king but Caesar. Caesar is the only one we bow to. You know, they, they don't bow to God. They say they do, but they don't bow to God. They bow to Caesar. They bow to the world. And with that, we see who truly is beholding the man. They have a chance to follow the Son of God. They have a chance to follow the God-man. They, they've not proven a single statement of His wrong. They, they saw Him lame the, uh, heal the lame. They, they know He healed the man born blind. They determined He had to die after He rose Lazarus from the dead after four days in the grave. And they saw the miracles. They heard the testimonies. They confronted the people who were healed. Yet, they want nothing to do with Jesus. They want Him dead. They would rather behold a man. They would rather bow to Caesar than to bow to God. Jesus brings the opportunity for forgiveness of sin. The very thing they're constantly working for, the very thing they can never quite get, is the very thing He offers. But they don't want that. Pilate says, Should I crucify your king? And they say, The only king we have is Caesar. So, who or what are you beholding? Are you like the Jews who say, we have no king but Caesar? Do you bow to the world? Would you rather follow the world over following God's word? Or do you see Jesus as God? Do you believe he is the son of God who came, came to the world to take away the penalty for your sin as he hung on that cross? Do you trust in his word that is found in the pages of Scripture. Do you take the Bible as truth? Do you believe it? Is He your King? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is my earnest prayer that everyone in this building here, and anyone who may listen to this sermon later, that They would behold you as the King of Kings, as the Lord of Lords, 
as the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world, as, as the Savior of the world, as the one and only one who could pay the, sin, pay the, the debt for their sin, uh, pay the penalty for their sin debt. Lord, I pray no one here would, would say that you were just a man. Lord, if, if there are any here this morning who have not placed their trust in you, pray that right now the Holy Spirit would be convicting them of their need for a Savior. Lord, if that happens, we will give all the glory to you, and we will thank you for it, and, and it will be a wonderful testimony to your truth. Lord, we just, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen.